This podcast is dealing with the law as at 29th of April uh, 2022. Hi, in today's Life After Leadership podcast, I'm talking to Tom Pimenta about what entrepreneurs should consider when implementing a four-day week. Tom is a solicitor at Pennington's Manchez Cooper, specialising in employment law. He advises on employment law issues, including unfair dismissal, discrimination, employment status, redundancy, and 2P. So Tom, firstly, it might sound like an odd question, but what do we mean by a four-day week? What changes? Thanks, Kaya. There are actually a few different ways to interpret this. But in this session, I think what we'll focus on really is looking at the four day working week where hours are reduced. So, for example, going from 40 hours done over five days to, say, 32 hours done over four days. So literally taking out a day of the traditional eight hour days. It's also possible to consider a four day working week where the hours do not change. So, for example, you could have 40 hours still worked but worked over four days rather than five so four lots of 10 hours rather than five lots of eight hours but equally some businesses may look to reduce hours so they might go from 40 to 32 but still spread those across five days so while this is clearly not a four-day week as five days would still be worked uh, the hours worked would suggest four days worth of work are actually being undertaken research from henley business school indicates that employees working a four-day week, and this is where employees work reduced hours for full pay, are 78% happier and 62% took fewer sick days. From an employment law perspective, do you think you will get fewer employment law issues if employers embrace a four-day week, or is it just too early to say? I think it's probably slightly too early to say definitively, but certainly in the short term, the signs are really good. As you mentioned, Kaya, the benefits are quite clear. I mean, you can have um, obviously a reduced sick pay uh, because of reduced sick days. You can have happier employees because they're more able to do other things in their life. I listened to a TED talk recently from Andrew Barnes, who is director of Complexus Limited. Um, he sets up a four-day work, working week at his company, Perpetual Guardian in New Zealand. And he described one of the benefits was actually that it it empowered women or others with childcare responsibilities to have a stronger stance in negotiations and to start off with the view that what was previously, you'd have to work 100% of your hours in order to get 100% of your pay. So if you reduced down to say four days, you might go to 80%, or if you went down to three days, so from five down to three, you might then be looking at 60% of your pay. What would happen now is instead of going from five days down to three, you'd actually be going from four days down to three. So you might actually only see a uh, 25% reduction rather than the previous reduction of 40%. And and that's a great starting point to start bridging the gap of the the, uh, the gender pay gap and things like that. So there are a lot of benefits on that that perspective. In Japan, Microsoft actually did a similar trial in 2019, and they found that productivity went up 40%, and it was actively encouraged by the government there too. But there can, as I said, whilst yes, there are a lot of positive signs in the short term, 
there can be some problems or, or difficulties in the longer term. And for example, one of my colleagues has advised recently on trialing a four-day working week for one of the clients, because one of the issues they found was that actually holiday entitlements can be quite a confusing thing if you're not if you're not planning too far ahead. Because for example, if you had people reducing but being very flexible on when they can they can fill their hours in, you might find that some are working um, across four days so technically are triggering enough entitlement to get a holiday for those times but they're not if it's based on the old system of 5.6 weeks for full-time work if you're redefining what full-time work is they could actually end up getting a lot more holiday than previously planned this is solvable by taking the same approach as you would for shift-based employees who have set hours and set holiday entitlement based on that so it's about working out what issues could arise and could cause um, problems as you go. That's where the trial period comes into play. 3,000 employees from 60 firms will take part in a four-day week trial during 2022. The trial will last a minimum of six months and has been organised by a campaign group called Four Day Week Global, along with Think Tank Autonomy. From an employment law perspective, how should employers approach such a trial? I think with an open mind, I think is the best the best initial um, point. Really, the model that the company starts with at the outset might not be the one that works best in the end. So it's about adapting to changes and, and difficulties that arise, uh, but also opportunities that come as you go with this. I'd suggest bringing in regular dialogue with employees to see how this works and what's expected. It, it needs to be a a bargain between employer and employee whereby the um, employee knows that this opportunity is there if they can demonstrate that the productivity stays the same rather than them feeling that this is what's going to happen this is the their entitlements and again one of the things Andrew Barnes mentioned in his TED talk was that as soon as he introduced this in his company he did some stats monitoring things like employees getting distracted on Facebook or checking their emails or that kind of thing. And he noticed that it, it went down quite dramatically in that time, down 35%. And, and he asked a few employees about it and they, and they explained, this is because we desperately want this to work. And I think that's, and having that dialogue, having that open conversation, employer and employee, it can really show a level of respect and an understanding that I think would would be very useful for both parties. Do you think the trial will work? There is evidence that it might that it might work in the UK. In Iceland, four day working week was trialled in a similar sort of setting between 2015 and 2019 and was considered a success. That was amongst 2,500 employees in the UK. We're looking at 3,000 across more businesses um i mean it, this uk trial would be the largest in one country in the world but obviously we've got a large uh, larger workforce overall um it will it will depend really on how the targets are set whether they're measurable how they can um how you can genuinely check if the employer has become more productive because of this this system i mean if if it's in some industries, I think it will be quite easy to demonstrate. In other industries, it may be, may be slightly harder. 
Yeah, so within within our team, we use a, a tool, a project management tool called monday.com. So because we're working for clients, we track our, our billable time, but obviously we have admin time. So I think sort of tracking your admin time could be quite a good way, because like you were saying about the TED Talk, that it showed that employees spent less time doing more unproductive tasks when they when they worked a, a four day week. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely that's absolutely um, right. I think it's if you're asking, for example, does it work for all professionals and all, all job roles? Perhaps it would more in industries such as uh, your own Kaya, where it's perhaps more office based, more task based, and it's not as uh, clearly defined on the complete opposite end of the, the spectrum and completely different type of workplace. Let's say manufacturing, for example, there's only so much more productive that kind of organisation can be. For example. If the machines have to run at a certain way, if they need certain input, they things like that, their processes are dictated by how quickly someone can apply different products through the different machinery. So if you're saying that you're going to turn all the machines off for a day, that could cause problems. Perhaps if you had a bit more flexibility on which day was the, four, was the fifth day, the day that you're actually not working, rather than closing the business entirely, that may be one, one factor to consider. In office-based environments, I think it's a lot easier to demonstrate an increase in productivity. Like you say, we're using, using uh, Monday or using other productivity measuring um, devices or, or um, systems. It's easier to show there was a reduced, there was a more efficient use of time um, because it's all about human productivity and distractions really in, the, in that respect. One way to ensure is uh, that the customer demands them, and obviously this has to be at the, at the forefront of all these decisions for the business, is, um, is just whether to, to, to try these different days. I think that's probably the way to, to, to go so that it's not a case of the, the entire business closing for a particular day. Because uh, there was a trial in America in a, in a state department in Utah this was back in 2007 so quite a while ago so perhaps positions changed now but that didn't work because the problems that they had were that people couldn't ring up and couldn't liaise with their department because it was a Friday and everyone was off so customer demands I think are key yes at brevity we work a four-day week or less but we make sure that the office is open five days a week so there's always somebody there to help customers I think that's really important I guess for the manufacturing sector they could look at more shift patterns maybe to accommodate I think it's it's one of these um, things where it's about understanding what works for your business I mean I think the I think the focus initially has to as as I said has to always be firstly can the business afford to do this um, can they do it in a productive way and I think it is poss- it's definitely possible. It just just takes a bit of planning to make sure, yeah, you're not you're not causing difficulties or you're not upsetting one group of, of individuals in, in favour of of, a, of the others. And so yeah, I think it's just about flexibility and, and and listening and understanding what works for your business. Um, and yeah, one size will, will definitely not fit all. And remembering what it's about, because obviously a four day working week is about delivering employees a better work life balance. It has to be something that 
that works for your employees. I mean, it can be a great employee retention, but equally a way to attract new employees in, in, in a competitive market. If you're a business that's at the forefront of this, if you're the ones starting this off now, um, I think it's quite quite a good way of, of attracting people in, particularly given we've had you know the, the pandemic for the past few years or so. And it's really changed the way that a lot of businesses work. It's not the traditional nine to five working in an office uh, five days a week, you know, even in the office jobs. It is definitely a something that's going to be considered more and more by different employers. And um, yeah, it's, it's important to be on top of it and uh, abreast of the different difficulties, but also great opportunities that it provides. How should employers ensure they are not discriminating against certain employees? Is a four-day week everyone or no one? In terms of everyone or, or, or no one, I think where it's a voluntary option, where it's something that people can take up or where it's something that people can still choose to go with their original five-day week, if that works better for them, that would help to ensure that they're not forcing anyone into to one way or another. And, and, that's, and if you're not forcing anyone to do this, if this is an option, then you're more likely to um, have uh, better employee engagement with it and equally less likely to have um, uh, claims coming up. I mean, there's no obligation to have a four-day working week and it's very unlikely that the government would ever perhaps, I mean, it might happen, but it, it might be quite unlikely for the government to, to enforce this or make this law or make this the standard. It's more going to be led by businesses making their own commercial decisions. And I think the employee has much more power now to dictate by leaving or going to other businesses. So that's why employers have to really be on top of all of this. Um, I mean, it, it gives the employers flexibility, but in order to ensure fairness, businesses should first look at, can they close the office entirely for a day? Should they stagger the day, as, as I've said? Um, but then you can, you can get into difficulties in, from a discrimination perspective, perhaps if in terms of who decides who gets which day off. I would imagine Monday or Friday would be quite a, a popular day to have off because you can tie it to your weekend. Some people prefer Wednesday because it'll break up the week. But I'm not sure how many people would want Tuesday off, for example. You know, you've only worked one day and then you're, you're off and then you've got to work three more. And if you had similar sort of approach to the, the most um, senior in, individuals or the individuals who've been with the, the business the longest, for example, getting the first choice, because if you, if you roll it out this year, but you have employees join throughout the next however many years, you could potentially, although albeit in an extreme situation, have some kind of argument that there's some kind of age discrimination uh, there. But I think the, the reality is it's very, very unlikely for that particular purpose because this is something that's been given voluntarily and it's a bonus beyond what's the norm. In terms of the you know, perhaps a greater discrimination risk could come if the targets that are being set in reality mean that people need to work five days worth of work in order to achieve it. Because if, for example, the culture and requirement, so if it's more forced on people, if it becomes a requirement that you have to do your five days work in four days, but really that takes 10 hours a day and, it, and people aren't getting paid overtime, there's the risk that you're perhaps going to have an indirect sex discrimination claim because women even even in this um, day and age, are more likely to take the majority of childcare responsibilities. Whilst obviously, you know, there's a lot of things to, to try and level the playing field there, it's still likely that a, a, a woman with, with children could be worse off as a result of 
a policy that requires everyone to work four days per week, but provide five out five days worth of output, um, because that could have a greater impact on women if they have childcare responsibility than it, than the percentage of, of men who are also affected uh, by this. What do you foresee being the pitfalls that could land employers in sticky water, and how would you suggest? to employers wishing to introduce a four-day week as the best approach for all parties? So one of the um, potential pitfalls, I suppose, we, we've touched on the, the discriminatory point in terms of how the targets are set, how high they are. Obviously, you have to balance out what the business needs and in order for this to work against the risk that you are actually, in effect, asking people to work 10 hours a day, four days a week, for example. Um, equally, you could have disputes over which day, wh- who gets which day off. Um, do you do a rotor system, for example, to try and try and resolve that, where some people get Fridays off this week, but others will get it next week and things like that. But that can be administratively very difficult. Equally with holiday, you might have the issue where the holiday entitlement isn't clear, as I, as I mentioned, in terms of the um, holiday entitlements if it's based on who is actually working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for example, versus how many hours they're actually doing. Um, Because the holiday entitlement should decrease if the amount of hours worked decreases, but you have to be clear on that because if your contracts are drafted normally working on the basis of working five days a week, it'd be quite easy to, to miss that point off. And then you've also got difficulties on how you make this change do you do it as a formal change of your your contracts um, or do you do it as more of a voluntary thing where this is a, this is an option you may be able to do this or you may um, but it's at the discretion of the company that can lead to some difficulties um, there depending on how you set it out really Is there anything else about employment contracts that we should cover regarding the four-day week? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in in terms of the, um, if the the contracts are changed permanently, so the first thing, if you just straight away wrote into the contracts, you will work Monday to Thursday, for example, it would be much harder to later increase uh, the working days if this didn't work um, but if it was given say several years to run then it would be really hard to to then change that because everyone is has a very clear contractual term there um, the change should be voluntary and it should give the employer the right to revert back at any time if if needed but again this is about the dialogue between employer and employee to make sure that there is the understanding that this is something that's being given which is a uh, it is a benefit but it it can easily go back if it's not going to work or equally if the employee doesn't want it to um, to carry on in that in that way um, it should be clear that targets are the key to the success or the failure of this particular plan and the company needs to have an express clause um, giving the right to revert back if needed um, now that's not entirely guaranteed to uh, to defeat all potential claims there because there's always the argument of custom and practice um, and if if there is discretion, but this has always um, been applied for several years. And this is where I got get to the point where I made earlier about the, um, the short term and longer term aspects. You need to see this over a longer period of time to see how this works overall, because whilst 
these spikes in productivity are shown straight away when this is in, introduced you know you could one you could question whether human nature will mean that we, we get used to working four days a week and perhaps take it for granted after a while so for companies that are implementing a trial do they need to do anything with their contracts it would be important to have some kind of understanding perhaps in a letter in a side letter to say this is a temporary voluntary process that we're setting up this is a uh, discussion that we will have and it's based on these particular targets and, and it's that these if you can demonstrate these targets we'll carry we can carry on with this if you can't then obviously we'll have we may have to revert back uh, to a five-day week and it's just about being um it's about being clear that this is what's going to happen that it but it is a trial that it's not a permanent change um because then it gives you the chance to, as an employer to go back to the five-day working week if that if that is what's what's better really if you were buying a company with staff that were contracted to work a four-day week that's 32 hours at full pay and your staff don't how would you stand legally what would be the best approach this will depend on the facts and, and there are two main points to, to focus on. So firstly, a legal concept known as 2P could potentially apply to transfer employees who are assigned to the company being brought onto the uh, combined company on the terms that they currently have. In other words, with the right to work four days per week. And secondly, I need to check whether the right to work four days is a permanent contractual change or whether there is flexibility to revert back to five days and or say discretion on whether to allow it at all. I mean, if there is a right to require staff to work on the fifth day and there are examples of it happening, um, then this may give you more flexibility on what you do post-transfer. If not, though, um, then it's likely that the incoming staff would remain on a four-day working week, regardless of whether there is a 2 p transfer. There are several factors to consider with a 2p transfer so any 2p transfer can result in some equal pay issues because the transferring and the existing staff may be on different wages for the same work like work or work of equal value post-transfer you'll have time to resolve these issues but it is a necessary consideration equally making a change specifically for the purposes of harmonization would be void under 2p where it had a detrimental impact on the employees and it's unlikely that the seller would let you agree to this source of change prior to the transfer taking place. You would normally also need employees to agree to the change unless you went for the much more risky fire and rehire strategy. But this exposes you to, to a lot of potential claims. So the potential routes to make the change could be making promotions further down the line to, uh, to come in with the requirement of working five days per week. Uh, but you'd need good business reasons to avoid an indirect discrimination claim, as some, perhaps mainly women with childcare responsibilities, would be more adversely affected by this five-day working week policy for senior staff than men. Alternatively, moving your existing staff to four days per week separately from the transfer could be another route to make this change, but uh, only if it's going to be viable for your business. 
having some staff on four day weeks will make it harder to argue against uh, employees requests to change from five to four. So morale obviously has to be considered. Personally, I could see substantial employee relations issues with some staff doing the same work for four days a week and others doing five. So realistically, I'd expect you'd need to get them working at the same number of days quite quickly so that a purchaser would have, a purchaser would have quite a lot to think about in this type of scenario. So overall, changing back from a four-day working week to five is likely to be met with a lot of resistance. And this could impact whether or not you choose to buy that specific company. From a legal and practical perspective, it's possible but only with good legal advice and careful planning. What three tips could you provide an entrepreneur wishing to implement a four-day week from an employment law perspective? Firstly, review your business carefully. Does this work for you? Would this be feasible? That's the first question without even then going, you don't need to go any further if this won't work for you. But then if it does, you go on to, I say, my second tip, which is consult and listen to what your employees want, because this is a, this is something that's designed to benefit the employees. If they don't, if, if some of them don't want it, you don't need to you don't need to force it on them. And then um, thirdly, keep an open mind and have flexibility in mind when designing the approach. Some things will work, some things won't. The more you um, adapt, the better. Well, thanks so much, Tom, for all your insight about four-day weeks if somebody wanted to talk to you about that how would they get in touch with you so they um, could email me my email address is tom.pimenta at penningtonslaw.com or they can call my number which is 0118 338 4962 thanks so much tom goodbye thanks